violent content. Parental discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. I can dig it really good. Hey, are you leaning into your mic and getting all excited because you know, who, you, like, who are you talking to? It sounds like you're eating it there for a minute. No, no. All right. I, what happened to all the rest of the music? We're supposed to it's talk right. for a minute. I don't even hear anything. It's still there. No, it's not. Not on my end, it's not. I'm not hearing it either. There you go. It's cutting in and out like, you know, uh, 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 uh. On your end, it's cutting it out, but on the recorder where it counts, it's not. Okay, let's hope so. so. If not, you can just drop it in like you, you know. I know you don't like to edit, so I want to make sure. That, uh, no, no, I don't mind that edit. That's not That's not hard. All right, we're going to get right to uh, mail first, or you want to do the over-under? All right, I'll, we'll do over-under. All right. So this is a segment that our, our buddy... Mark from Montana came up with, and uh, our little had... our intern. We have seven over under questions for today. All right. Eventually, we may end up coming up with some of our own, but right now the intern is doing really well, and he's getting paid exactly what interns deserve to get paid. Exactly. Which is more than I'm getting paid. <laughs> Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> all right. Let's all right. Here it. we go. Question one. Over under. Three years until Captain Eel will be replaced with a new show. What the hell was that? What? The ding? I didn't put that ding. Yeah. Okay, if you don't have real sound effects, uh, back off. (laughs) Uh, Okay, sorry. Uh, Over-under on Michael uh, or... uh, Captain uh, Eel. Captain Eel. Three three years is the over-under. Let's see. It's probably been two, two and a half years, right? Well, you have, to, you have to look up when Michael died because it came. It, it got reinstalled right after he kicked it, right? Yeah, sh- shortly thereafter. I mean, not you know. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with over. I thought it would be under, but uh, since it's lasted this long and I've heard nothing about anything in production, I'm gonna say you know they're gonna err on the side of it's easy to push a button and start a show, and it doesn't cost very much to run it and say uh, over. Unfortunately. And I am going to have to agree with Greg for pretty much the same reasons. I have not heard of anything that's in production or anything that's that's even been talked about. And we're still getting uh, decent uh, audiences going into that show. I would love to, you know, beg to differ, but since I haven't been in the parking so long, but the last times I was there, I, I'm taking pictures days after it opened. There, there was nobody in line, and I've yet to wait in line for it. So when I did have the pass, but. Well, I mean, I'm not saying we're we're getting thousands of people getting in line, and that you got to wait, you know, for three or four shows to go through. But I'm still saying, you know, you're getting uh, you know 100 150 people plus going into the uh, into uh, the shows when I walk past the area. So, well, you know, like you said, for pushing a button, I'm going to be contrarian and say under. You just had to. That's what I used to do in the union. I'd, I'd say abstain just for the hell of it. Because be Disney's not opposed. To ripping something out and leaving a building empty. That is true. They wouldn't even have true. to rip it off. It's you pretty much just it's closed and don't flip the button anymore. That's right. Switch. So yeah, that would be easy to do. But since we're so close, I've got to go with over. 
Although, although. Oh, the although. Yeah. However, um, the the leaving the buildings empty was under a previous administration that we all remember from the past, and that has not been the thinking of the last couple of administrations at Disneyland, at least. I was going to say, because I can name a whole bunch of them in Florida and, you know, yeah, but- been, well, even at Disneyland DCA. I can find you some empty buildings. And and remember that thought when we finish over under? I do have some Florida news too real quick. So, But anyways, let's continue to the next one. Ooh, I think, okay, are we, because Jackson kicked the bucket in 2009. Really? Oh, that one's already blown. I'm, I want. Oh. <laughs> well, it didn't come until the following year that it went in, but yeah, we're still over. Yeah, I think it was six, at least six months to eight months, maybe longer. I don't know. We could look it up, but that would be research. We have an intern for that. I guess yeah, he should have yeah, yeah. that All right. question. Next, over-under. This one's a pick em. Who gets their window first? Jobs, Eisner, or Lassiter? Jobs? He says you could throw in Steve Martin. I <laughs> really get confused. <laughs> hey, why not? Really? Oh, throw them in there. So there's four. We got Jobs, Eisner. Lassiter or Lassiter. Steve Martin. Well, I would say we can initially kick Lassiter off. That it's kind of like putting a sitting president on a bill or a, a coin. That's not going to happen until he retires. Um, I just don't think it's going there. In, in the present scheme of the way I've seen things go, I would. Uh, you know, Job had the least amount of time with Disney. Yet Eisner, depending on who you talk to, love him or hate him. But and, I'm surprised um, he didn't get a window already. I actually think he's the one that deserves it the most right now of those you picked. Oh, wait, there was one other one who, who was Steve the Martin. One? Oh, Martin. But, you know, Martin would only be from the point of, I mean, he worked at the park for a little bit. He's been friendly to Disney doing some things for him. But I'm not sure if I'd really think he deserves a window. No, I think the only one, the only, only two Fred dudes. Fred McMurray should deserve a window if you go that route. And so should uh, the old, uh, uh, what was his name, the the. Got a Davy Crockett and Fest, Fest Parker. Parker. This guy should get it if you know Steve Martin's going to get it. I'm going to go with Eisner. Yeah, me too. Then I think um, I'm going to be the contrarian on this one. Uh, I I'm going to agree. Eisner very much deserves it, but I think there still is a controversial air about it. I think there's still those that are within the company and the stockholders realm that wouldn't like that type of thing. I'm going to go with Lasseter. I'm going to go, I'm going to say that uh, Lasseter, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm going to picture, you know, if Lasseter retires in eight or ten years, they're going to do it then. Well, if Eisner hasn't got one in eight or ten years, he's not getting one. That's what I mean. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, right now, I just don't, I, as much as I think he does deserve it, I just don't see Michael Eisner getting it. And listen, you know, think about jobs for a second. Does Just because he was on the board and he sold them, you know, a, uh, you know, Pixar or was involved in, in some of that. In the, I don't uh, think jobs involvement is window worthy. No, no I, I agree. I don't think so either. Um, that would, that would be just playing the death card as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now, speaking of the death card, did Roy end up getting one? Because they're, Roy they're, Disney, the younger Roy. Yes. Uh, he got one. Uh, I don't believe so. I, at least uh, he might have gotten one in Florida, but I don't remember seeing anything show up at Disneyland. I don't believe so. I, I mean, I would think he would get one, but then again, it wasn't that long ago that Rolly Crump just got one. 
So, I mean, right. some of these things uh, take a while, but uh, I think Eisner deserves one. He should get one before the other ones. I'll just leave it at that. I, I will agree with you, but I don't think it's going to happen, much to my dismay. All right, next question. Mark's poking a jab at Richard. Over-under. 300 is the over-under. How many times Richard will estimate he has been on Pirates of the Caribbean in his lifetime? <laughs> Richard can't play. He'll earn another shot later. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to change the over-under or throw the question out entirely. So, Over. So do you want to change the number to make it a little bit more interesting? Or do you just want to... Because I think it's over, too. I mean, come on. He's been there 30 years. That's only 10 times a year he's ridden it to get to 300. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but then again, there's... I know there's attractions he's rarely, if ever, been on in the 30 years he's been there. Um, and though he's been there that long, doesn't mean he actually goes to the park that much. Um, I mean, I know some employees, cast members, that never go to the park except if they're working or signing somebody in. So I still would go over 300. I don't think you need to raise the amount. I, that's a lot. That's still a lot, you know. Because do you ride pirates every time you go, Mike? No. Exactly. That's what, kind But of, it's his lifetime, not just the time he's worked there. Well, prior to having an annual pass, I mean, when I knew him in high school, we might go twice a year, three times a year if we were lucky. I was going to say, we, we went a few more times than that. Well. They had all those, that was back in the days when they had all those private parties, too. Well, yeah, but again, I, I think 300 is a decent number. I, I'd say over. Okay. There's, I'm I'm with you there. There's no way to quantify this, really. There's only wild claims. Now, if Richard had said, "You know, I've been on that thing a thousand times," I would say he was, that was a little hyperbole. But you know, if he actually no, I am sure I went on a thousand times, and he's got this little, you know, pocket. Well, if he's ridden that 5K, remember that Pirates 5K? How many times did you go on the ride for the 5K? What was it like 60? I don't know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like ride it 60 well, times in a row. You know what's funny about well, that? Shall, shall we talk about the uh, Small World 5K when they left the music running? My my friend Mark and I, when we were young and in high school, wrote Disney. We wanted to, you know, we wanted to set a record for writing the Matterhorn. They pretty much gave us a polite how do you do and uh, not happening in this lifetime. And now how many times have they done things when it's good for them to promote and market, uh, you know, like, 5k at the manch or i mean the pirates or whatever that uh you know well that that's it. that also goes just with the marking you have an actual mark a, a good example was right after uh hey, we're, not, we're on a time constraint so i, I really don't care uh oh. so we have any more over under yeah we have we have uh let's keep going four more we have seven total all right this one's gonna laugh, make you laugh this is Sorry. a pick em. Once construction on the Carnation Gardens killing Princess Horseshit on the Hub is complete, which is the next <laughs> land to get an overhaul slash construction? You know, how is that an over-under? That's just... It's what, a pick'em. It's not an over-under. It's a pick'em. Well, the funny thing is he's, he's making a value judgment on something he hasn't seen yet. Uh, typical Montana people. Uh, no, just kidding, Mark. But I... I, I that's, a, that's a rough one. Um, let me think well, about let's it. See, Big Thunder's yeah. already under, right? That's out for the year. Well, is, is he saying another what he considers an abomination? You know, no, the, he, the example, I, I think the example he gives is Big Thunder slash Matterhorn type construction. Stop talking one person. Okay, what what was the um, what was your example again? He said at the end of it, in, in parentheses, Big Thunder slash Matterhorn type construction. Okay. 
yeah, because I wouldn't consider what he just, you know, criticized uh, with very colorful language, something the writer would always do, uh, as big construction. I mean, it's, yeah, it's sort of big, but it's not on the thing of the size of the Matterhorn, I wouldn't think. Wait, no, no, you, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying, okay, because I was thinking, you know, Matterhorn just went under a year-long refurb. Yeah. Big Thunder's going under a year-long refurb. Space Mountain went with a year-long refurb. Longer than that. Two years ago. That was a longer than a year. That was like 18 months. Yeah, it was It was longer. Was it longer? Um, what's next? Well, you know, it's it, there's a lot of things that deserve some work. Whether or not they'll get them uh, is something else. But uh, Just wants our guess on what we might think that would be. Okay, I have my guess. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Main Street. And here's my reason why. Uh, we've had quite a few uh, survey uh, survey guys doing all sorts of surveys uh, along the uh, backstage on the east side of Main Street. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and they said that there has been – I know that they're getting ready to do the northeast corner of Main Street in this next year uh, where uh, the camera shop and everything, and that's going to include first aid. But this friend of mine was saying that they've been talking for quite a while now that they're going to expand part of Main Street to where they have an actual back side where you can go across the back of the building, similar to what they have in Tokyo and in Paris, where there's another street that follows the back side so they can reroute crowds around. I've read about that for, for crowd control and, flow, yeah. Right. And the plan is that a number of the things that are currently in the backstage area are going to be going bye-bye in a relatively short order for this expansion. Now there was, there's no timetable set, but I do know that we have all the, we've like, like I said, uh, we've had quite a few surveys takers, uh, survey teams running all up and down the length, everywhere from the opera house with Mr. Lincoln, all the way up to first aid and the in between and up to, uh, even where the back of star tours is. So, I'm going to vote for uh, Main Street's going to be the next big one. Now, you know, you mentioned Paris, which I know they have the mall on the backside. I think you might be misrepresenting a little bit of the way Tokyo is. I now, I'm, I probably am. I, I just remember that. It's covered there was, down their, their uh, plaza or whatever they call it. But I, I don't think World Bazaar. World Bazaar. I don't think the backsides yeah. are accessible. But just kind of the way it's located and there are some paths uh, that you can get to that, I think that hub thing in the front, not or the the. It's not really a town square, but the entry. I think you can get around to that without coming down Main Street. Uh, yeah. I have to look at the map again real quick. But uh, and, and I'll, I'll say, having been a person that's never been to either one of those parks, I'm going by descriptions of what people have told me and what I've seen in pictures. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely know you've got it right in in um, uh, in Paris because I remember reading about it and seeing pictures and people describing. Uh, the way that works, I'll yeah, be, I'll be able to verify that this summer. Yeah, I just looked at World yeah. World Bazaar, and halfway down the street, you can make a left and right and get out. Um, so it looks like the north end may have some theming on the back sides, but the south end uh, looks like it does not because uh, there's show buildings and other things. I just pulled out a map of I've got one of those pictorial guidebooks that somebody picked me up when they were over there once. Um, well, you said you can verify that. You're verifying the, the European one, not the... Uh, Correct. Asian, right. Bastard. Okay, moving on. Uh, let's see. God. Does it have to be in Disneyland or can it be in DCA? doesn't say. Once construction... 
Which is I'd the next Disneyland land to get an overhaul so construction. Either park. I like Richard's choice. Yeah, no, I think I, I thought he was going to go another route. There's There's been some on and off rumors for years that they would retheme Main Street to the 50s, which I'm totally against. But, you know, good change is good things. I just don't think that would be a oh. change. I told you the story about yeah, the... Uh... We don't want to go down there. Yes, I know what your story is. I'm trying not to expand this beyond anything. I, You know, I would hope that I'm going to go for... Crap, oh, I just really don't know what to go for. Um, yeah. Let's just say Main Street and move on. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you have, Mike? What? What do you have, Mike? I, I told you, I went with Richard. Main Street makes the most sense because I've read on other places that they've talked about putting this alley in for uh, crowd control. You know, it makes and, sense on the e- Okay, I'll just go and, with it. it and they're going to, and listen to this, they're going to put an awning over it, most of it so you can't stop and rubberneck and watch the fireworks. That makes some sense because oh. one or two times that I've been shuffled out through there in my time, it usually was during fireworks. Um, but here's the, here's the downside. Let's just quickly look at this downside. The east side is no big deal. Other than there's some backstage action that they've got to find new homes for, no big deal. That can all be worked out. There's a, lot of, there's a fair amount of space. I'm not going to say a lot, a fair amount of space over there. But the west side is very tight, and that will impact delivery. Uh, you can see where the boats are kept for Jungle Cruise. There's a lot of things that make that side very ugly. I don't think they're going to do both sides. So Yeah, I, I think it's just going to be the east side. All right, I'll, I'll just go with that. I don't know that that's it, but I can't personally think of anything better to go with right now, so why not? Okay, All right. next. Over under two. How many times Mike eats it in and out per month? <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> Wait, now Uh-oh. let me let me let me qualify this that there's an in and out right across the street from my job. I said over. Over. <laughs> some and, months and- some months it's over, some months it's under. <laughs> <laughs> okay, over or under, how many months is it over? Well, my okay. fr- my first month there was definitely over because you know convenient, don't know what's around. Yeah, yeah, I ran that with that at school. I've been eating the same thing. Then found out there was a few other restaurants I didn't know about. I'm like, oh crap, I've been missing this one. Uh, I'd say over, and I also say it's way overrated. I mean, it's okay, but it's it's not. God, it's not what everybody thinks. Yeah, well, but if you're not from around here, you know. Yeah, but I'm sure you know they have things that we don't have that should be equally as good, but. Anyways, I, I usually just don't like the line. I'm all about convenience. And if there's 20 cars, the, the one we have here, it's usually, I swear, 15 cars at least lining up. I'm not waiting. I don't, you know. All right. Another, Ready for the next one? Yeah. The over-under, two. <coughs> How many times will Greg visit the park this year, not including Westfest? Uh, I'm not even sure I'm going to Westfest. So oh. I, I'm right now going to say zero. I'm under that he there was a number two. Yes. Okay. So especially with this new sign-in bullshit, it's just not working out. I told you we can go anytime you want. Yeah, but then you have to hang out with me. Sorry, <laughs> As if that's really <laughs> bad. You realize I was uh, ramping your style there. Gee. Uh, well, I'm going to be. I, a- I, I, I will go on on pirates with you. I'll even sit in the other row since you don't like people. Never mind. 
Well, that's right, because every time we get, start recording, and with the new latest surveys that we are now in the minority in California, I'll never get a quiet ride on uh, pirates. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Mr. Optimistic and say over. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Mike. I'm gonna go over. <laughs> I'm I'm saying under. Unless I get my job at Paramount and I get you know get some work going and get some money, I'm, it's definitely like, under. Like I said, I, I got my little card sitting right here in my hand. It says, "Let's go." Well, I know you do. It's just you know with school and other things, it hasn't worked out. So, all right, last one. I, I, last I don't one. feel like taking someone's ticket for like, you know like a two-hour jaunt doesn't seem right. Okay, ready for the last one? Yes. Over under five years. John Favreau's Magic Kingdom movie is filmed. I didn't know he was working on a Magic Kingdom film. Yeah, neither did I. Uh, actually, uh, he the, the Magic Kingdom movie, he is doing Kingdom Keepers. Oh, Kingdom Keepers. Okay, that yeah. teen book. Yeah, uh, there, uh, I had to, believe it or not, I had to talk to my son about this because he is a huge Kingdom Keepers fan and he's on IMDB and he's been keeping track of some of this stuff. Uh, well, I, what's the five years? Will it be made? Yeah. The, uh, made or filmed? Let's see. The, the I'll say under. Filmed, because filmed, filmed. Those books aren't, you know, they're no Hunger Game. They're no, uh, Twilight as far as popularity. I, I don't, I don't think this is based on Kingdom Keepers there, Richard. Well, this is what my, I'm going by what my son said, but I, as okay. far as saying is, is popularity. That like, is that like frontline cast members? They don't know shit. No, uh, he like I said, he's a huge fan of it. He he's been telling me now about the movie, and I actually read up some, uh, when the question came up. I yes, I did a little research and I checked on it. That there is a movie that has been planned and it has been pushed onto the back burner. Um, so when I was looking at it, he's he was bringing up, oh yeah, that's the movie there, the um, Kingdom Keepers. Um, the books are hugely popular. There's five, if I remember correctly, five books right now. And the, the sixth one is getting ready to come out. They have all been involving Walt Disney World and the, and they've included the cruise line. This next one's going to be involving Disneyland. All right. If you cl- so. click on the link that he sent in this over-under email, you'll see the article he's referring to. Well, I, I went to John Favreau on IMDb, and there's nothing on IMDb about him making any. Usually, they'll have like pre-production. Production, yes, but if you look at the mail that Mark sent us all, okay, well, just tell us because I I have not clicked on that. I can't read it right now. All right, well, okay. Either way, it talks about uh, this guy's talking. Pixar is helping with John Favreau's Magic Kingdom. John Favreau reveals Pixar's involvement with his theme park fantasy, his ideas for the story, and while you'll just have to wait to see it. The film is based on Disneyland's Magic Kingdom Park, but Favreau says the storytelling development of the film is inspired by Pixar. Pixar develops the stories for years before investing in animation production. Um, see, now that doesn't see, sound a, like... He has a reading up... He, there's no, yeah, it's not. No. Uh, well, Richard, but you're also somewhat incorrect. I read the first Kingdom Keeper because I found it at Disney World when I was there quite some years back. I remember you uh, played the uh, books on tape for me. Yeah, we have, well, it's a book on CD these days, Richard. Excuse me. In the 21st century. Uh, Book on MP3. Or that too, yeah. Uh, Though it 
pretty much takes place in Florida. And I think the writer is purposely doing this. He is describing a lot of what is Disneyland based, but doing it in Florida. For instance, the, um, uh, the, the apartment over the firehouse. Right. But the storyline is in Florida. Place in yeah. Florida. But right. I'm saying is some of his details are not Florida details. They're Disneyland details. Well, that goes beside the point. The storyline is in Florida. I understand. The last, the last, the the, the, fir, the first books have been in. Uh, he's done a book that Did dealt, dealt that? with the crew. Yes, I heard <laughs> that. Thank you very much. And now this next one is they're supposed to be coming out to uh, Disneyland. So all right, I'm yeah. I'm just saying that you know I and I, think, I understand what you're saying is that his details he he's been using both. Both resorts, both parks. He's mixing them or, like that's all you know. It's, it's yeah, one thing. And and we've 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 talked about other stories that have done similar things to it too. Man, I'm enjoying some good Australian wine here. Thanks to my buddy. Since when did you start drinking wine? I drink wine off and on. And um, does the little finger stick out when you hold the glass? I don't do that fag thing like you do, Richard. So no. All right, so. Or, I'm sorry, that uh, alternate lifestyle or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, you know, John, you know, had some problems sending me some stuff a while ago, so he brought it to me last time he was here. It's uh, the Kumara States Cabernet Shiraz Malou. It's really good stuff. Anyways, plus, you know, they say two glasses of, it's not wine. Just name three different wines. No. Cabernet Shiraz Merlot. That's what it is. It's a Cabernet Shiraz Merlot. It's a mix. It's really good. Oh, it's a mix. Oh, yeah. But anyways, when, last time I oh. had insurance, I was still seeing my heart doctor. I asked him about the whole two glasses of red wine thing. He says, uh, no, it's any alcohol. Male, two glasses of any alcohol, really, or a female, one glass a day. It's just they have no scientific data that says why. He just says it works, that people tend to have less heart problems, they live longer, maybe it just relaxes you, I don't know. But uh, he said, yeah, so yeah, I've been trying to remember. I don't always do that because wine is not my first go-to. Usually Coke is, and not not that one, but uh, the Gulp Gulp one. Uh, so, yeah. All right, so over under five years, John Burroughs' Magic Game I, movie. Uh, I'm going to go... Well, shoot, when he tries to compare it to Pixar and how long it takes him to develop a story, uh, for a few of those, they should have taken a little longer. But uh, I'm going to go, I'll say under. But, you know, again, I hope Mark's keeping track of this crap. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Greg. I, I'm going to agree with Greg. I'm going to go with under. Though I'm not going to agree with Richard that says it's Kingdom Keepers. It's not well, Kingdom you know, Keepers. I yeah, know. I know. The description and everything doesn't shows that it's something completely different, but... According to my source, my 12-year-old son... He must be on crack, because I am deep... Uh, John Favreau is supposed to be the director of the Kingdom Keepers movie, so... All right. All right. So, so there's the over-unders. But, you know, someone might have put it on IMDb and then taken it right back off, so... Well, I actually found it on IMDb to where it was out there, and then... They said they were withdrawing it because it was a back burner and you have to go to the IMDb pay site, pro site to be able to get any further information on it. That's story develops as you talk. Because it's, because it's a story <laughs> and development. That's why they won't let you go on to <laughs> And I'm cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Richard, I don't think heard you say it. That's, no, I don't that's... think he's said it. According to IMDb, though, they already have a TV ep- TV episodes of Kingdom Keepers on Disney 365. Whatever the hell. Oh, that, that, that was, it's not a TV episode. It's, uh, do you know what Disney 365 is? I have no idea, but it says TV episode. It's a news show. TV. It's, it's a news show where they're talking about. They're like little three-minute drop-ins that, that come in right. between uh, episodes on, of on Disney TV? Channel crap. Yeah, or they'll put them in like when on the Disney Channel they're showing a Disney movie. Okay, on TV? Yes, on television, yes. Okay, so that's why it says TV. All Correct. Right. Okay, so are we done with uh, Over Under? Yes. All right, so it's time for mail? Sure. Knock off the jaw, Jack, and it's time for mail call! Boy, that's appropriate. <laughs> John Jacket for sure. It's never been more appropriate, I don't think, than tonight. All right, so we just did um, uh, the No More HJs. Is that the one that you were just reading? No, before? that's what we did last week. That's the one we did. Okay, so I'm going to delete that. Hopefully it's all covered. Uh, OUS2? Is that that's, the one that's the one I wasn't sure if we did or not, so I skipped it. Well, we'll keep on that. Okay, Carl gave us a very, you know, Carl's a very um, bright guy, to say the least, and he... He gave us some answers about the way the old flying saucer worked. We're going to hold on to that one because it is kind of long, and it's not where we want to get for the show tonight. Uh, so we'll come back to uh, Carl at a, a later time. Very interesting, though. Uh, it is real interesting, but since uh, Shaft has constraints on his time, uh, we got to keep this thing rolling. So I'm going to move on to Bobby Rafferty because his is kind of long, but we're not really – it's more you know, just kind of feedback, and we're not really going to – sit and talk a lot about it it's just kind of talks about what we talked about last week and then we'll move on to the email that is our show topic how's that, that uh, also good uh, okay if we're talking okay bobby's re- is doing a recap of what we talked about last week a little bit it's my magic plus he, he fascist. Fascist. yeah i saw that is that a fascist thing yeah. <laughs> fascist passes what so mike in the good tradition of john and ken uh, okay Every, every paragraph, right? Yeah. Okay. Welcome. I've been extremely interested in technology that Disney uses to enhance the park experience. In 2005, I was thinking about guests with early smartphones, portable gaming devices, and early iPods. This was well before iPhones. At that time, I envisioned paper, uh, pa- paper, paper maps being available as digital form. Fast forward to now, this is a reality with iPhones, Androids, with GPS in our pockets. The episode's focus was on FastPass, part of this new My Magic Plus system. They've been calling this a new version of FastPass called FastPass Plus. I think in its current iteration, it's the planning of attraction shows, parades, and fireworks well in advance. It also removes the running at rope drop to collect all the FastPasses for your party. This also removes the slips of FastPass you need to keep track of by using the tapping your bracelet at the RFID reader at the attraction. This may also help first-time guests who don't know the tricks and the gaming of current FastPass system. In 2009, Walt Disney World started RFID tags instead of regular barcodes for cast member costume checkouts. You had to stand back a few feet from the reader at the checkout line and from the person in front of you. I also believe that RF has been used in parades and the pal Mickey plush that would talk to you based on your location. Quick, quick thread, Jack. Do they do RFID for costumes at Disneyland, Richard? We've been doing it for a couple of years, yes. All right. Walt Disney World did use two-finger identification for the entrance and then went to one-finger identification. The flip-off one. (laughs) 
How is your feedback? You flip off one. I agree that this was used to control all the places in Florida reselling tickets. At the time, I recall people being up in arms that Disney had the fingerprints of your children and data collection. From my knowledge, it tracks the distance of different points in your fingerprint. I find this technology fascinating because my grandfather worked in the government on a similar on a project similar in identifying someone with less number of fingerprints. I may be a fan of this new technology coming to Walt Disney World, yet I'm skeptical. I think there may be kinks in the system. In order to track that many guest individual preferences is a huge database, database technology. I've wondered that myself. Yeah, well, we mentioned that last time. Yeah, tying all this data together to be available on wristbands, websites, smart apps, and to cast members is a huge hurdle. So far, there is mixed reviews. The system will probably rely on the free Wi-Fi at the resorts and parks. That hasn't been ideal with, uh, within the parks being spotty and challenging like any Wi-Fi at a conference. In the past, Walt Disney World teamed up with Verizon to add phone coverage to smart apps like Mobile Magic. Mobile Magic was very limited to phones since iPhone wasn't available to Verizon subscribers. Now we live in the world of Androids, iPhones, iPads. Yes, I can't believe guests would walk around a park with a tablet. And phones... Oh, you wouldn't believe how many tablets yeah, are out there. I wouldn't, I'm not surprised. And phones with decent web browsers. Now you have My Disney Experience app, or you can always go to a mobile-friendly version of DisneyWorld.com. The mobile-friendly version website was released in 2009. I look forward to the future. I just hope the point of the family vacation doesn't become hustled and planned. Uh, past that already, I think. Uh, that is why I go on vacation, is to relax and spend time with my family. Thank you, Mr. Spock. I don't want to stress out for not getting my attraction on time or having to schedule a meeting with Mickey. Bobby Rafferty at Bobby World. Um, a lot of good points. I, I, you know, that worked well, Mike. We we'll have to keep this up. Well, Biggie said, "Help." <laughs> um, okay. Apple. Yeah, I have to. That last point, I have to agree heartily on. Be, heartily on because on my last trip to World, I just kind of mixed up a couple of the too many reservations for restaurants, all on the you know close together to where. I felt like we were running more to try to catch up with one restaurant rather than be able to relax and just go with the flow. Some places you do need those reservations on, but I needed to spread it out a lot more than I did. Well, quite frankly, if you go on the job of the hut plan, uh, <laughs> you are doing the scheduling times to eat. But, you know, you can do that very easily beforehand, and you don't have to do it like uh, our one buddy from Baltimore, wherever he's from, where it's all on a spreadsheet by, I mean, minutes where he's counting where he's uh. going next. Uh, but as long as you you know you you plan your lunch or dinner at whatever sit downs you have, use your coupons or whatever you're doing, you know, uh, it's not the, difficult. You just got to do it in advance and put it in your iPhone now and your schedule, and you should be fine. But the point being, I, I have to agree. I kind of like part of the part of what I like on vacation is a lot of the spontaneity of it. And although there are things where you do want to definitely plan some things, like if you're going to go to uh, Sci-Fi Dine-In or Hoop to Do Review. You definitely need to plan that in there, but if you're going for fast pass on particular attractions and you want to plan that I'm going to be going to this attraction this day, um, to me that it kind of takes part of the fun and the spontaneity away from it. I know I, I totally agree with you, but unfortunately, the way the parks have become, and that's part of our kind of we'll, we'll hold that thought, Richard, because that is a good thought. We're going to go into the next email. It's from Guy Hutchinson of the Adventure. Uh, the adventurer podcast this is the uh the guy that i forgot his name last time um or me yeah shame on you you've been on his show how many times at least three or four i think um 
So yeah, that was bad on me. Maybe we should back to over under. Uh, Yeah, no, no. One night when Richard, you know, has too many constraints on him, maybe we'll have Guy on the show. Uh, Because I can't help but every time I say Guy, think of. um, I think uh, of Guy Smiley the Muppet. No, 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 no. I was thinking of um, uh, Galaxy Quest Guy. You know, the one crew member. They're trying to figure out how to say it. I don't have a last name. I'm going to die. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That guy. (laughs) All right. Security Chief Rock. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Glad to hear new episodes. So this is the basis for our, really our show tonight, though we're already into it, what, I don't know, half hour? Uh, Uh, Yeah, 35 minutes. So hopefully we'll be able to cover at least number one, but hopefully number two. <laughs> that didn't sound who, great. Who, a lot of people think this whole show is number two. So who, right. does, who does number two work for? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, what is your opinion of Escape from Tomorrow? And do you feel Walt Disney World Security has any blame for the film's completion? So, first, we need to explain what Escape from Tomorrow is to even get to the second part of that question, because I'm not sure there there's anybody to blame for this at all. Can, but, now, is this film viewable anywhere? Because all I know is it's being screened at Sundance. Oh, so far, only at Sundance. And there's a lot of speculation that is the only place it will ever be screened, uh, other than possibly another uh, film festival. So, again... And there's a lot of reasons about that. I don't know if we want to, how much detail well, you want to go into that. We'll get into as much as possible, because I, I, I just can't wait to see what uh, Esquire uh, Childers... Uh, or Shaft has to say about all those reasons why uh, uh, we may never see it, but it um, it was filmed entirely. And at first, I got uh, on anybody that listens to the the hub. I um, was on it. We were talking about this so ago, and they there was a thing in the article that said they purposely filmed entirely in black and white. I'm like, okay. They said what kind of cameras they use. That's the kind of camera I have. I thought, wait, you. You can't do that in black and white. And I forgot, yes, there is a monochrome setting on it, but I rarely ever use it because I do, if I do a monochrome, I do it in post. I, I, I would prefer to take that away than to uh, do it in that in the first place. But that's just me. But anyways, it's an independent film. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting here. What? I was going to go, you know, do, do they, they don't even make black and white cameras more. I'm going to do that whole uh, Kevin Bacon routine from the big picture. Yeah, you can't do it in black and white because there's there's no such thing as black and white anymore. There's no such thing as a black and white camera. Uh, yeah, and since there never was a black and white camera, it's all about the film. Uh, the irony of that is lost on most, I think. But anyways, um, Escape from Tomorrow was filmed almost all in Walt Disney World, but there was some Disneyland stuff. And that's, you know, the guy uh, reviewing it was kind of puzzled by the jumping around a little bit. But they supposedly have claimed to spend about a million dollars on this guerrilla-style film. And they meticulously planned this out by repeatedly going to the park, um, by having actors ready. Uh, They charted the sun so they would know where it would be, so they could really kind of just guerrilla-style this thing. And... It kind of caught the people off guard, I think, and then it shows up at Sundance. And then the big question is, does Disney can or can Disney keep this from being aired or shown to the public or distributed 
It's funny you say that because um, out of the two, I think two or three articles I read about it, uh, one of them said, "Yeah, Disney can has a legal right to block it," and then someone else had the same arguments to say, "No, they don't." Yeah, I happen to have a uh, the JD Supra Law News up right now, uh, talking about you know controversial film Escape from Tomorrow shows need to protect intellectual property. You know, according to the first article I read about it, though you do see things in the background, it's not like they're dwelling on um, icons, if you will. The movie is about this guy and his family and problems they have uh, while they're in the park. So it says, to make the film, the cast and crew brought season passes to enter the park as normal visitors. They filmed for 10 days in Orlando and two weeks in Disneyland. Most viewer, uh, most viewers would never notice, but the Disney World, uh, but the Disney World presented in the film is an amalgamation of the Disney parks on both coasts. See the family walking through Cinderella Castle in the Magic Kingdom in one scene. The minutes later, they'll be in line for Buzz Lightyear's Astral Blasters in Disneyland's uh, Tomorrow. Star Stewards can be seen in the background. Right, that doesn't even exist in the Magic Kingdom. So, again, there there is. Um, well, it's the if I remember correctly, the picture that they showed in the newspaper article of them on the boat for uh, Small World looked like the Disneyland Small World boat. Yeah, and I think that was actually mentioned somewhere in the article about the Small World. But um, they say even though it was done guerrilla style, it doesn't feel like you know found footage or home video. It says the entire movie was shot in black and white. A practical decision helped by the filmmakers to get a better feel for composition and lighting in the cameras they shot using available light in the parks. The result is a film with a classic feel, which adds to the cinematic aesthetics. The, the, art, uh, the director argues that most people haven't seen the Disney theme parks, especially Walt Disney World, in black and white, so it brings up the details that normally go unnoticed. Uh, Disney fans will probably relate to footage to Walt Disney's early telecast from Disneyland. Now, okay, how can this be an intellectual property issue? Well, that's well, that's the big question. Some people believe this is fair use, uh, but there may be an issue by your agreement when you purchased a ticket. That that long legal mumbo jumbo disclaimer. It's may somewhere in there cover their uh, violation of some you know, agreement or acknowledgement when they purchased a ticket. Uh, one thing I did read somewhere was that they did get stopped. I think it was at Disneyland because they were filming the, the actors go <coughs> through the oh main gate gosh. and someone saw them and thought they were paparazzi in some famous family. So then the actors had to say, you know, no, 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 we're, we're nobody. Um, and then they, and put all their microphones, like they stuffed them in their pocket or in the, their their socks, and kept going down Main Street, hoping nobody was following them. So you know they were mic'd up. They um, it said that the sound was recorded with an onset sound mixer. Sometimes they use smartphones or digital recorders to tape the actors. They would record an entire worth of days of audio, and then have to sort through it at the end of the day. Well, sound mixer, I mean, you have a portable sound mixer, and there's smaller ones, and uh, your sound recorders that you use, you use a two-system, uh, 
dual system when you film your videos. Wait, isn't that what I just said? Smartphones, digital uh, recorders. So I'm talking about your stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly the same kind of your, stuff. Your, you. The stuff you use is professional quality, and it's rather small stuff. It's easy to just throw in the pocket. So, yeah, that, that's, that would be easy to do. Yeah, now, you know, and what this brought up is, uh, in one of the articles I read, it also mentioned a recent film that's on YouTube that you can watch called Missing in the Mansion. And it went up about three months ago. And the only difference with that one, and it's pretty well done, the the whole intro to it, and, and it's actors, it's not like friends, like us three going there recording each other. They got actors, and they rehearsed it, you know, meticulously before they ever went in the park. The angles they were going to shoot and all kinds of stuff. But to me, the, the beginning of the story was too much about, you know, the they did an engagement in front of the castle and just, uh, get to the mansion. That's all I want to see. I want to scrub over and get to the mansion. <laughs> and they set that up with a little urban legend and kind of get going, do a little Blair Witch, little um, paranormal activity kind of thing. But what they, they did a fair amount of green screen. And to watch the video of how they did it, to me, was as good if not better than the actual film itself. Because these guys really went to to a lot of links to do theirs. I mean, they had the, I don't want to give it away per se, but, and, and my, I know Mike, you didn't watch it, but there's, there's a scene you're going to go, well, how the F did they do that? Because no cooperation with Disney, you know, they didn't get to go backstage. They didn't get to stop the ride to do any of these things. So I, I don't, Mike, you, it was the only one of us three that didn't get a chance to screen that before. Yeah, you know, no, I had a, I had a small <clears throat> technical uh, issue. No, no, no technical. I had, Got a bloody nose doing the dishes. I was trying to <laughs> smack yourself in the face. No, I don't know. All of a, you know, I you know my nose is running, and I wipe it with my hand like I do because I'm you know washing dishes and a blood streak of blood. And I'm like, oh crap! So I spent thirty minutes, you know, upside down pinching my nose trying to get to stop before we came online. That that ate up my time to watch video. Um, it's not a tumor. Yeah, <laughs> but the the question I have is. Uh, do you think these guys did this guerrilla style stuff because they didn't think they'd get permission, or it would I think that's cost? Oh no, no, it's not necessarily obvious. Or the permission to do it would cost too much. Well, all right. They say they spent about a million dollars. Okay, that's that's the word on the street. That's a fair chunk of money for an independent film. That's not going to go into wide release. And that's not going to go into wide release. You know. It may be the hot potato that no studio wants to touch because they're afraid of the giant rats legal team. And they may be... There's also a few other things that go into that, too. Well, what? Okay, when you're filming a film, and this is something that we kind of uh, talked about a couple weeks ago as far as releases and... uh, what type of releases, what type of permits do you need for what type of filming you're doing? And the general rule of thumb that I have always been taught now, let us let us say I, you know, you call me Esquire, but I'm not a lawyer, but I do an incredible impersonation on radio. Um, the way I've always been taught in the school, if you're doing news, you know, whatever goes. I mean, news, news is me, news media filming everything like that you don't they do try to get certain releases but if somebody's in the background when you're shooting say la vie that happens if you're doing a documentary 
then it starts getting a little tighter. You need to get some more releases. Uh, anything that, if you're filming like a picnic or something and you got other people doing a picnic, you kind of need to get some of their releases too. If they're way in the background, you're not going to worry about it. But now if you're doing a commercial venture, something that's intended to be like, quote unquote, a commercial release, a film, a movie that you're planning to go use to make money with as a feature film, fictional and everything, like then you better be doggone, uh, you know, have those I's dotted and those T's crossed. You need to have all those permits uh, set that you had permission to film on those sites. And everybody that's in that film, you better have a release for your extras and everything else. And that's where a lot of the cost comes in because uh, all the extras that you see in any commercial uh, fictionalized film, uh, nothing's done by chance for the most part. Yeah, there is some stock footage and there's different rules on how that works out. But when you see uh, like uh, with a, a good example was at Disneyland when they were filming uh, Modern Family, all that stuff that was in there, those entire sections were closed off. And every person that you see in the background is a, is a paid extra that was, or in some cases unpaid, but they're all extras that everything that was in there has release. Uh, when I happened to be at the Napa Rose restaurant one night uh, with some other folks from the uh, uh, from Disneyland, and they were doing a documentary for the Food Network on the Napa Rose restaurant, they made sure they got a release for everybody that was in that dining room. Uh, if you didn't want to sign a release, then they moved you over to this other side of the dining room that wasn't going to be in, that didn't have a chance of being in the video. And that's considered documentary news style type programming. So when you're talking about a film that you're going to spend a million dollars with, and yet you're taking to even a film festival, those are the type of things that you need releases for everybody on there. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of distributors don't want to touch is because they don't want to get themselves caught in that quagmire that if somebody was to come up and say, Hey, you're making money by using my face up there. Where's, you know, you never gave me any, you know, compensation for that. And I never released, you know, allowed you to do that. Yeah. But they, they have to be really visible and really prominent. And if they're just someone passing in the background, I know we've discussed this at school a lot, whether or not that really requires it. Yeah, in a perfect world, you know, in a, in a you know, union setting, everything would be covered. But there are ways to get around that. Um, this jury or this uh, legal website was saying that uh, Disney may choose, uh, may not choose, and ultimately may not be able to stop the general release but uh, specter of IP protection at least gives Disney a possible avenue pers to pursue that Section 107 of the Copyright Act lists the various purposes for which the reproduction of a particular work may be considered fair use, such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching. Par parody. Uh, yeah, it gets the parody, too. Uh, the section also sets out factors to be considered in determining whether particular use is fair, including whether the work is of commercial nature. It says, although the U.S. Supreme Court considers parity to be fair use, the particular facts are critical to the final outcome, since there is a fine line between parity and derivative work. Thus, whether the depiction of Disney in Escape constitutes fair use may be a matter of interpretation. And for that, I will give you two examples. Uh, in the movie Escape from L.A., the finale takes place in the bad guy's happy little kingdom, which is 
obviously meant to be Disneyland, and they created a uh, Disneyland-style set, and even in the matte painting, you can see the Matterhorn Mountain in the background and everything else. They never used the name Disneyland. They never used any of the copyrighted or registered trademark things in there, but it was obvious what it was meant to be, and it was in a parody sense. Even though you got that action-adventure film, it was all meant to be done in a parody sense. That's one way that's protected so long as you're not infringing on copyrights and trademarks. In the, uh, oh, remind me what the name, I'm gonna, I always keep messing up. Missing in the Mansion? Yes. Missing in the Mansion. That is essentially a fan type film. It wasn't meant to be a great commercial adventure, uh, adventure at, it, gave me the impression it might have been a student project or something, a project just to say, hey, I did this, you know, kind of like a resume type deal. But it was done in a, in a fan base type deal. Very well done. I got to say, I, I really liked it. it. It really was a really good uh, picture. And I'll have to take a look at the, I didn't get a chance to see the behind the scenes off. But again, that's where those things are protected uh, uh, in that type of sense. It's, it, yeah, that's Disney's not going to be worried about that. But when you're making when you're making a picture that you're planning to release and hope to make generate money, and you're making the investment of over, as they say, over a million dollars, then you're, in my thought, everything that I've learned on it in the past, that's where you're kind of crossing that line. And yeah, you you have to have right of publicity. Uh, you're infringing on. Uh, the rights of the owner of the property, the rights of the people that happen to be into the, that might have been in the film, that they need to be able to give, be given the option of not appearing in their film. Yeah, but yet Disney routinely now, they didn't used to, but have signs all over that says filming taking place. You may or may not. So in some ways, Disney's already covered that end of it. True. Well, lots of times yes you see no. filming in the park. If you don't and, want to be seen, get out. You have it's, no right. You have no right to privacy in a public location. It's, that may be private property, but it's still open to the public. And see, and this gets into and the, the question I've always had with um, magic, with pixels and magic, magic and pixels. Always get it backwards. And then you know, and uh, Chris and I started uh, Kingdom Vault, which never really went anywhere. We're theoretically selling photographs of intellectual property. No one is really. You know, we shut ours down. We're not doing it anymore. Uh, the other guy still is. He's a he's a cop by day, a, a fair photographer by night. I I like the guy. I just I, I, his stuff's good. I don't. Some people fawn over it. I, I certainly don't fawn over it. But uh, he sells it. He he believes it's under fair use. Kind of like, I guess I'll keep doing it till somebody tells me from Disney I can't. So so you really think a building inside a theme park is considered intellectual property? Well, you know that's the funny thing. Um, for instance, uh, Getty Images. I've, I've wanted to license some of my stuff to Getty. And I think through uh, Netflix, everything, or not Netflix, um, uh, Flickr, everything of mine's licensed. It's, it's able to be used through Getty. Getty would not, for instance, let's say I took a picture of the, of the Walt Disney Symphony Hall. Very iconic, right? They won't accept a picture simply of the Disney Hall. Now, if the Disney Hall was part of a landscape or a uh, skyline, and it's not the center of the of the picture, or not the the, the focus, the central focus of the picture. It would be accepted. You kind of see where I'm going. Yes. 
So if, you know, I'm not sure. See, without being able to see the film, it's, it's really hard to say. Um, but I understand, of all things, they swapped out the music from It's a Small World, yet they didn't seem to worry about the bigger picture, you might say. But if everything's, you know, I don't know if they, you know, if they came in and they, you know, they've got an establishing shot of the the entrance that says Disneyland. If they don't, and it's kind of like going to Wally World where you never really see signs, <laughs> it's kind of close. You maybe get a, an establishing shot of the whole park, but, you, you know, unless you're a Southern California local, you might not know where Wally World is, right? They There's a good chance that you could argue that, you're shooting your family and you happen to put it together. I mean, my biggest worry about this is not whether or not this film ever goes in the wide release. I'm curious. I'd love to see it. I'm more worried about the backlash. Sure. Every time you walk in there with a big camera, they're going to be all over you like stink on poop. Yeah. Which bugs me because I've met people in the park that give me lens envy and I'm the one getting hassled with, with a smaller lens. Um, so, and that kind of goes into the second part of this question. Uh, do you feel Walt Disney World Security has any blame for this uh, film's completion? And I say, absolutely fucking not. Why would they have any blame? If, if, they, if it was done the way it was described, no one would have had any fracking clue yeah. what they were doing unless they had followed them all day and happened to see, see them again and, and you know, waiting and maybe queuing people. But it sounds like they were really, really discreet in the way they did it. Yeah, you know, they didn't set up tripods or make multiple takes or... Right, and and we were talking about the relatively small amount of equipment. And the main thing when Disney, which other park you're looking at, the main thing they're looking at is, are you going to be interfering with their operation? I mean, how many tens of thousands of people are taking photos and videos of their family members? And, yeah... They're still staging some of that. Here, I want, you know, son, daughter, come here. I want you to sit here, wave at this spot, and say, so how can you pick out which one you're going to, you know, follow and choose on the day? If they're going to be really good, it, you know, that type of stuff's going to get passed. Yeah, and I do have to go back and say, uh, I, I was reading here as we were talking, uh, not only do the filmmakers make no attempt to hide or obscure the location, but the Disney theme park and costume characters play a huge part in the story. Um, so... There you go. They did not um, hide the fact of where they were, so that kind of negates my whole Wally World type comparison. But I don't think security has anything to blame. Like I said, I've been stopped by usually. Usually, security is never the person that stops me, except one time when I was with a security guy off duty. Is the only time I've been stopped by security, and Richard knows exactly what I mean because some idiot stopped us while I was just taking some pictures of the castle on my tripod. Not even my good tripod, just a little, you know, portable one. And, uh, you know, we kind of got into it with them a little bit about how stupid they were being. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I usually get stopped. Hey, those are, those are people I know, so. I know. I usually, <laughs> I usually get stopped at the gate by uh, what's still there. fact check. It's, it's people who are not trained in security. Not that. Disney's that trained in security anymore, but not trained in security, and they're the ones as the uh, stopgate, you might say, at, at the first point of contact. But at least in Florida, they give you the the uh, illusion 
of having some security because security guys are looking. But I, you know, I think only once I've been stopped in Florida. And that was during the Mouse Fest, you know, and I had a, you know, lanyard on with the big old thing. You know, it kind of looked like you were pressed, and I was carrying two cameras. Okay, I kind of stood out that time. But in general, I'm just carrying my camera. Maybe he's got the big lens on it. Maybe it's in my uh, bag. But uh, like I said, I've I've seen people in there that give me lens envy. I'm jealous. <laughs> they, they say that they never get hassled. The guy's in there, you know, two or three times a week in the Golden Horseshoe taking pictures, and uh, they don't get hassled. So, you know, why me? But I, I'm more worried about the backlash. Um, to answer your question, Mike, uh, taking pictures in Disneyland and then selling them to galleries and I like that? Oh, that was Mike's question. That was my question. That oh. was my, not my question. My well, he, he, he asked, is it intellectual property taking a picture of a building inside Disneyland? Yes, I did. Um, what was Here's what it was explained to me by one of the company lawyers way back when in the days when I was interacting with them a lot is yes, technically it is illegal. If you're going in the, if you're inside the park and uh, outside the park, taking it from the Howard Johnson's across the street and everything, there's nothing you can do about that. That's public, public uh, domain right there. But if you're inside the park and you're taking a picture, like Greg has a really nice night shot of the uh, Sub Lagoon and uh, Tomorrowland that I've always admired. It's a really good shot, and I think you still have it on Flickr, too. Um, and he sold a couple of those prints. Technically, yes, it is illegal, but as the lawyer was explaining to me, it's also picking and choosing what you're going to go after. Is it worth going after a couple bucks that somebody makes on this? Well, you're going to piss off more people than you're going to save money on. And in the meantime, yeah, they made a few bucks off of it. But in the meantime, you're being, quote, unquote, advertised. People are still looking at that picture, and it makes them want to still come to Disneyland. So it's actually still promoting the park. What they will go after, and what they, and this is what they're really watching for the most part, is when you have a commercial venture that's coming in that's making a big deal about it. And that's where I think this is where... Uh, this particular film has probably crossed that line to where Disney might just go after it because. Well, you know, I got to correct you on a couple things. One, I've never sold that picture that I think I know which one. Well, I thought you did, but I I know you sold a couple and they've all been good. I've sold a couple here and there, but I only disagree with you to a small person because if, you know, that was a commercial venture, if I'm actually advertising to sell these pictures, uh, we do know of one individual who was cracked down and cracked down hard on because, uh, you know, not only did his logo look similar to Disney's logo, but he was selling home videos basically in the park. Yeah. Now, this one, you know, I really have no idea if this independent film was made as a work of passion that he simply wanted to take around to film festivals, art festivals, and he never planned to take it any further than that. I mean, and that's the big question. That's possible. Uh, would it ever be available for home release? It's again, unknown by these are none, none of these articles talk about that. They're all speculating whether or not this guy's broken any laws. And again, I would have to, you know, look at the back of the ticket to see if even I was particularly breaking any law because that whole intellectual property thing is very, especially for buildings, has been a um, well, squirrely thing because, you know, being in architecture for 20 years, 
we've always, you know, wondered about that. You know, uh, for instance, uh, see, I think it was Frank Gehry that did the Walt Disney uh, Symphony Hall. Okay, an iconic architect, an iconic building that you see in a lot of car commercials now. Yes. And I can, I'm almost going to say 99.9% certainty of this. I'll leave my little bit of wiggle room in case I'm wrong. He doesn't get any money from that. He, you know, he was hired to design something, and he doesn't do build. Uh, well, he might not. He might be doing them. Uh, but he got paid to do, to do his architect work. He paid to do it. It's it's not his property. It's gone. I don't even think, um, quite frankly, the owners, uh, which is probably the city or uh, uh, foundation of some type, collect any type of royalties if it shows up in the back of a beauty shot for a car. Though, again, if you're you know filming, you've paid them for permits and exorbitant. Well, you've paid the city of Los Angeles to be on the street, right? Yeah, you've paid for other things that maybe they just figure that'll cover it. But if, just think if every architect were able to say you can't have that pick, you can't have that building in this movie because I don't agree with you politically, or I don't like you know it's a slasher movie. Uh, I mean, they would not be able to film anywhere. They'd be back on back lots again because everybody would be screaming intellectual property. Kind of goes the same for Disney. I mean, yes, it's iconic. It's known to be theirs. But they've opened it to the public unless there's something in some agreement on your ticket or, you know, what your contract, basically, to enter the joint. And that's what I'd really like to see again. It's been so long since I've had a printed ticket. Uh, I don't even remember what those things said on the back of them or even well, agreement for an annual passes. I, you know, I, and I've perused over them. I never remember seeing anything like that. And I don't think there is anything on there. When, when I was... Uh, doing photo surveys for the city of Orange and the city of Anaheim. It was uh, surveys of the different architecture of some of the older buildings in both cities. And it was explained to me at that time when I was taking pictures, as long as I'm on the city street and the city sidewalk, uh, it's open It's open domain. I can take any picture I want um, because it's public domain. Now, if they put a decide to build a hedge or a fence or a wall in front of me uh, and the only way I can get a picture is to trespass on their property. Okay, that's a different story. But if I'm on the get street, a ladder. Get a, if I get a ladder, <laughs> I can take the picture. If I'm on the street, it's public domain. Might I might get a peeping Tom. Tom. Yeah, I might get the peeping Tom thing, but it's public domain. Um, rather than looking at the individual buildings and structures inside Disneyland, what if they, right there in the newspaper article, it, it mentions about the Disney characters that are in the park that play a prominent role again not having seen the movie as any of us have those are easier targets because they're works of art they're in film they're this and that yet disney doesn't go after all of the poorly uh done imitations that are on hollywood boulevard are in uh, las vegas uh they have once in a while once in a while it hits this it hits the story but i will agree they it's not a regular routine and I think this goes back into the argument that they ch- you got to kind of choose which battles you're going to go for. Otherwise, you're going to be. Uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, the. I mean, we've the, all heard the, the story actual, of. The actual real life Esquire that we know even was conflicted on this. And, you know, like any issue, you know, you can find uh, with, you know, the good, the bad, or 
you know, a different way to argue. I mean, that's what they're paid for to to argue why something that we know is not moral or legal is moral and legal. Uh, that's that's the job of a fracking lawyer in the you know in this right. Thing. And we've we've even heard the. I mean, everybody's heard the various stories. You get a nursery school that uses Disney characters that somebody has painted up in their nursery school. Disney has found out about it and ordered them to get rid of the characters. Well, you don't have a license that to do that. Days of Eisner, I think that came back to bite him because as soon as Warner Brothers or Universal stepped in and said, "Hey, I'll knock yourself," well, out. they they took so much bad heat and bad press from that. I I think some of that stuff is kind of long gone. Well, it, there's a couple stories because I remember that there was that story when Warner Brothers did step in and put uh, Warner Brother characters up, but. Uh, I'm thinking also right over here we have uh, Walt Disney Elementary School, and they have some Disney characters. In fact, their mascot, I think, is... Um, well, come on, Frank. It's named after Walt frackin' Disney. I mean, you would think... But, but, the, but the thing is, is the company uh, licensed them to be able to use the characters and everything. And I've, I've also known stories where the company has come back and said, yeah, you didn't have permission. Let our artists do something, and we'll put a licensed... They'll repaint and put license. What, what, are, what are your last but, thoughts, Mike, on this? Uh, well, okay. So the University of Oregon uses a Donald Duck. That's been well that's documented that, that he's been permission. Since that's that was done on purpose and all that. So, but yeah. I have a. I found a picture of of the disclaimer on a ticket. Oh, yeah. What's it say? Uh, not for resale. Void of falter. Revocable. Non-refundable. Emit one. Non-transferable. Must be used by time by the same person. That, on any and all days, may not be sold, bartered, or exchanged for goods, services, or benefits. Handstand particular required for same day admission, readmission to same park, and if applicable, crossover to the other park. Okay, can I can I cut to the chase? Uh, all right. Well, then I'll get I'll get to the part that you like. Uh, da, 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 da. Obey all safety sign instructions. Entry constitutes consent for Disney to use any film, video, or likeness of bearer for any purpose whatsoever without payment to the bearer. It is agreed. But that's Disney. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, it's one way. It's agreed between the owners of the parks and ticket users that all claims are injury loss, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so there's nothing in here that says you cannot take pictures inside. Just, just out of curiosity, what did it say about injury and loss? Uh, owners of the parks and ticket users that all claims for injury or loss arising incident to presence on owner's property shall be litigated in Orange County, California. Oh, okay. So they're just making sure we stick in the county. I'm surprised they don't. Uh, they should put in. You know, I wonder what would happen if they changed that to uh, must go to arbitration. Like you go to the doctor's office anymore? They want you to sign those waivers that you won't go to court. You'll go to <laughs> first. Just think if Disney put that in there. Um, I'll but you save have money. to sign it every time you come in. Well, uh, I think you don't sign this, and you've some of that. You know, like you said. Typically, you would uh, have to have a public notice or you'd sign a release, and there's... No, same for arbitration. Every time I've had an arbitration thing with the doctor's office, I had to f- uh, actually sign a form that says I'd agreed to that. Yeah, I wonder on that. I, well, that's a whole other show, but I've wondered if you didn't, and that came up. I bet you'd still end up in arbitration. Uh, but let's move on. To, what, we're about an hour. Can we squeeze in uh, number two? Uh, it's 10 o'clock or, straight or, up. I think, two? I think it would be wise to... Hold off. Okay, because this is something I really would like to talk about. But if um, if it is, how much, how much time do you think it will take? Uh, Twice 20. as long as whatever we say. Okay, at twenty let's, minutes let's at least. Save. Let's save it. All right. Uh, so what we're going to save? So look for this, and if we don't talk about it, email us and pound on us. Well, why we didn't I'll talk write about it down. 
is it is significant it, and it's what uh we so we didn't finish his email so the second uh, the number two the doo-doo was uh you mentioned on the last episode how crowd levels have increased significantly over the past 20 years why what is the reason you uh as you see it will crowd levels ever significantly decrease i think this is a great subject we could probably easily talk uh the whole time best wishes. i agree what's his name because i forgot guy's name is guy hutchinson <laughs> At the Adventure Club podcast, uh, not connected to the Adventures Club in Florida, it's just what they had named it, and uh, funny that it happened that way. They had no connection, or that's you know, no, in no way that's why it was named that way. That's their story, and they're sticking to it. They're sticking to it. It might be even older than uh, the the Adventures Club in Florida. So with that, it does sound like it's time to be wrapping this bad boy up. Yep, you say? I would agree. So once again, thank you for listening to MiceCast. This has been a production of whatever we feel like calling it. <laughs> and uh, thanks for sharing your uh, hour and a half with us. And send us those emails at Greg at MiceCast, Mike at MiceCast, or Shaft at MiceCast. Keep us on our toes. Keep those questions coming. Uh, you won't see me in the park, but see others. And uh, Westfest is coming up. That's right. What's the dates look like, Mike? Hurry. 18 hurry. April. 18 to 21 April. All right. Sounds great. Don't